Hey everyone, it's Alan Smithson here. Today we're speaking with Nick Cherakuri, founder of Third Eye, about their all-in-one AR glasses hardware and software solution for enterprise in logistics, manufacturing, and engineering, and how these tools are revolutionizing how we work. All coming up next on the XR for Business podcast. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks, Alan. Glad to be on. I'm really excited. You guys have a, a really uh, original and awesome looking pair of glasses for the enterprise. Walk us through your, your X2 glasses and what, how are people using them? What makes them stand out from the competition? What's the form factor? Just walk us through your solution. Definitely. So just to provide some background about Third Eye, uh, while we may be a relatively new name in the commercial space, we have over 20 years of experience developing this technology for the United States Department of Defense. So that's our origin story. And as you may know, the military, a lot of the technologies we use today have, have evolved from there. For example, the internet, GPS, um, even Siri for your iPhone originally came from SRI, which is right down the road from us in Princeton, developed that and Apple bought it off them. So the military has been a great incubator for this advanced technologies and augmented reality it's definitely considered the next major tech platform. So we've been developing a lot of AR hardware and software applications for the military. And a few a couple of years ago, uh, we decided to take some of our technical know-how, our leading engineers. We have state-of-the-art labs here in Princeton, New Jersey, and we decided to develop a commercial product. So we spun off into Third Eye, and we created um, just this year. We earlier this year we released our X2 mixed reality glasses. So, so it's just some high-level overview of the X2. Uh, we wanted to really address the customer uh, concerns. We felt this was an optimal time to get into the commercial market. So we feel it's too early for the consumer market right now, but the commercial AR market is definitely something that we are seeing a lot of traction happen in. So we wanted to develop a pair of glasses that really hit some of their needs. And some of the needs we heard were the glasses had to be entirely hands-free. For example, many workers, they have safety requirements where they cannot have any wired packs. So you can't have a wired processing pack or a wired battery pack. It needs to be all hands-free, compact into one pair of glasses. So that was perhaps the most uh, critical uh, use case that we heard that this is you had to develop the glasses in a way that's entirely hands-free. So we made our X2 glasses entirely hands-free at about nine ounces form factor. Uh, so it's something that can be worn for a lengthy period of time. Another uh, use case that we listened to was it has to be attachable to a hard hat. So the glasses could be as advanced as you want, but if it can't attach to a hard hat or to a bump cap and meet some basic ANSI industrial certifications, ANSI Z87, then it can't uh, be used in these industrial settings. So that's something that we definitely incorporated into our glasses to be attachable to a hard hat and to a bump cap. Our glasses are Android-based, so it's really easy to make apps. It's, we're upgrading to Android 9 soon, so we can take advantage of features like GPS built in. Uh, we have about a 42-degree field of view. So a binocular field of view is something we have seen customers prefer over a monocular field of view because it's less eye strain. A binocular field of view is more natural to the human experience. We have two eyes, not one eye. So we wanted to develop a binocular pair of glasses, which we did. Our brightness level, we have about 300 nits of brightness in our 
optic system. So this can be used both indoors and outdoors, which is not the case for some other binocular glasses, which are more indoor products. So we want to develop um, our glasses in a way that can be used both indoors and outdoors. It's lightweight, it's less than 10 ounces. So it's something that it's easy to wear for a lengthy period of time without feeling any ergonomic issues. And we added some sensors like a built-in flashlight, a 13 megapixel camera. So if you're running a remote help application for your field workers, you can stream really high resolution content from your field worker point of view to a remote expert hundreds of miles away. Um, and we also have built-in SLAM. So SLAM stands for Simultaneous Localization and Mapping. We developed our own proprietary SLAM software that runs on our glasses that's customized for our hardware. So we can do inside out six degrees of freedom tracking. We can do plane detection. So for example, you could have a, a hologram of a 3D engine hovering in midair and the user could walk around it. So there are only a few glasses right now that are able to do highly accurate SLAM and our SLAM is accurate. It has about a one inch drift accuracy and can be used both indoors and outdoors. So you can move your head around rapidly and the hologram will remain fixed in place. So SLAM is something that lets enterprises do more advanced applications, so not just 2D AR screens, but you can actually interact with the real world. You can tag mixed reality content onto a giant machine and leave the room and come back and it's still tagged on that location very accurately. So for example, a worker could have step one, step two, step three, mapped out onto a factory floor and be able to do that on a daily basis so it's something that allows the glasses to actually interact with the real world environment, which is where we see the cutting edge uh, mixed reality software development happening for enterprise. So we're really targeting the industrial field services, manufacturing and healthcare sectors. Those are our four main enterprise sectors. Um, and we are involved in a lot of other sectors. We have a lot of gaming and entertainment what, applications. Sorry, Nick, what were the four industrial field service? Industrial field services, manufacturing, and healthcare. So I would say those are the four. And we partner with many of the leading AR and mixed reality software companies uh, who have their applications running on our glasses. So we want to create as wide a developer ecosystem as possible. We don't want to have a closed system where we only have a few apps or make it really tough for developers to develop applications. We want to have an open source operating system, provide a lot of documentation. We have a Unity SDK. We have an Unreal Engine SDK. It's been fairly easy for developers to port applications or create apps on our glasses. Uh, one last point, which is also important for a lot of our partners, is the price point. So we're about $1,800 price point, which is roughly half the price of some of the other mixed reality binocular glasses out there. Uh, so we, we want to keep the price point as low as possible and really help uh, these enterprises uh, and software companies deploy and scale. And we also offer leasing options. So that's something where um, you can spread out the costs over a longer period of time. So those are some of the aspects on the technical side, uh, software uh, partner side and uh, pricing side, where we're trying to accelerate some of these enterprise deployments. And what we're seeing is, whereas before it might've taken close to 12 months to escape uh, like a pilot purgatory into a larger deployment, now we're seeing enterprises, because they're having success stories right now, uh, deploy within three to six months. So from the initial testing phase and getting all the key players on board from the innovation department to the business department, and then going to a larger scale deployment. So I think right now, because 
there have been a lot of lessons learned um, from other companies as to like what works well for these smart glasses deployments and what uh, doesn't work well. We definitely really try to incorporate a lot of the feedback and listen listen to the customer. Uh, for example, something as simple as built-in device management. Uh, that's something that is absolutely critical for enterprise deployment because you need a central IT person in the company being able to control a deployment of say 200 glasses. And that's something that for a long time wasn't integrated into the glasses directly. And that's something we wanted to have built out of the box. So right out of the box, uh, enterprise can scan a QR code and register register the glasses into uh, their central database. Uh, So there's been a lot of lessons learned and we definitely wanted to listen, have an open mind and listen to as much of the feedback as possible. And we think the enterprise market for the next five, six years will be the main push for these glasses uh, to be sold and the consumer market a little later on. Uh, but the enterprise market is seeing some tremendous ROI at the moment. So you've talked about the, the glasses themselves, the software. Where would somebody begin? Like, What's the step one for a company that says, okay, you know what? We see that there might be a value here. How, do, how can they learn more? Sure. So what we're seeing in the enterprise space is they typically come at this from two aspects. One is they actually have a real issue they want to solve with these glasses. For example, training new workers. They might have an aging workforce. They need a hands-free system to effectively train new workers. And that's something where a pair of our glasses plus a software partner like Athir or UbiMax can really help accelerate the, the training of their workforce. Another way they come at this is their innovation department wants to see how AR could be used. So they might not have a specific use case, but they have some general idea about augmented reality, something that's an up and coming technology and it's something that we want to incorporate in our enterprise. So for those, we take a look at what what are their biggest issues at the moment and what software plus what type of glasses would work the best for their use case. And sometimes it's not always binocular glasses, sometimes it could be a monocular pair of glass, but typically we have found that enterprises prefer prefer a binocular field of view because it's less eye strain on their workers and it, it feels more natural and there's more applications that can be done on them. Um, but I think right now what we're seeing is in nearly every industry, even really narrow ones like uh, utilities or wastewater, there's really specialized AR software companies who are targeting each of these industries. So I think every industry right now has some augmented reality software that is really effectively targeting like industry specific use cases. So what we try to do is we partner with a software company. So depending on what the enterprise is, if they're a field service company or telecommunications or industrial or a visually impaired group, then we partner with a software company that has the best software that deals with that use case. So we're seeing a proliferation of these AR enterprise software companies really expand right now. And what's really great to see is they're really, they're not just making cool technology, they're actually targeting a really specific enterprise use case. A lot of these companies have people who have come from those industries and are now starting these companies. Uh, so I think right now this enterprise space at least has a lot of software companies that are really targeting specific use cases in their industries they want to be in. And that makes it really valuable for a business to use their software um, because it's really targeted. Um, So I think it's definitely, that's one reason why it's taking off at the moment. If you kind of put your futurist hat on, we're talking about kind of enterprise uh, augmented reality and mixed reality. When do you think, we'll put your futurist hat on and your your prediction hat. 
when do you think uh, mass consumer adoption of this technology will occur? And when do you think Apple is going to come out with their glasses? Because this is going to change everything when they come out with their glasses. Definitely. And that's a, that's a great question. And I think long term, that's what everyone's predicting is this is going to replace your phone. And it's just a matter of what technology has the right features to make consumers want to replace their phone with a pair of glasses. So what we see is there's a couple of core uh, challenges right now that need to be addressed for consumer deployment. So field of view is probably the biggest one. The natural human field of view is, I would say, roughly around 210 degrees. And right now, the widest field of view glasses that, that are in mass production have between a 40 to like 50, 55 degree field of view. I know there are some like prototypes that have like 70, 80, 90 degree field of view, but in actual mass production now, that's the field of view that's there. And I think for consumers, they would want a really wide field of view as opposed to enterprise where a narrower field of use helps achieve their ROI use case. So they don't really need a massive field of view. But I think the field of view definitely needs to be increased. And every year is definitely being increased by some of these leading optics companies. And once that progresses closer to what feels like a natural human experience, I think that would really help propel this uh, smart glass for, for consumer deployment. Another important factor is the form factor. Uh, so I think for consumers, they want it to look as like a cool pair of Ray-Bans or glasses. And even technical features like a battery, there needs to be a way to reduce that in size. So right now, some of these consumer companies, they're finding a way around that by having a wire that goes behind your ear to connect to your phone as a processing pack and as the battery source. So that's one way around it. But we think that consumers want it to be entirely hands-free, just like enterprises want their device to be hands-free. They don't want to walk around with wired packs or anything. and They want it just to be a pair of nice, cool-looking Ray-Bans they can wear. So I think the field of view, battery, and getting some of these sensors and processing down into a really tight, small form factor all in one without any attached wires or processing packs is what's needed to make this eventually replace your phone. Um, but I think until then, there are going to be workarounds such as using a wired pack or using your phone as a processing pack. And there may be some consumer uses with that use case. Uh, but I think that's the that's the eventual prediction for what's needed to replace your phone. So you skirted around the timeline. Sure. So I think <laughs> nobody wants to put their name on this. <laughs> that's hard to predict right now. But I I mean, there's these great market studies like from Goldman Sachs and these massive companies that predict that I think with like the next like ten years or so, the consumer there'll be like roughly like twenty five million glasses sold, and the consumer version would will come out like within the next ten years or so. So I think definitely within the next 10 years, we'll see a standalone pair of glasses that because everyone wants high-end mixed reality technology into a pair of Ray-Ban looking smart glasses, which right now isn't like electronically feasible, but uh, who knows in uh, 10 years that could definitely happen. Um, so it's hard to predict for consumers, but... But here's the thing, and the reason I brought up Apple is because they're quietly building whatever they're building. Nobody really knows. And there was this rumor that came a couple of weeks ago that Apple's releasing their AR glasses in 2020. I just, uh, knowing the technology, I've been to research labs where they're, they're pushing out 70, 80 degrees field of view. And I've been to the research labs. I've seen the stuff that's still in the lab and it's still not even close, even though it's remarkable, it's not even close to being what we need for consumer. And, and I really have my reservations around Apple 
coming out with anything next year that will serve the needs of the mass consumer market. Definitely. And I think from Apple's perspective, I'm, I'm not sure if they want to connect to their iPhone to use that as a processing pack for some of the glasses uh, power. Um, so I'm not sure what exactly what approach they're taking, but definitely to get the features that are that everyone wants in these glasses, I think we're still a long ways off, uh, especially the field of view and getting everything all in one into a really small form factor. That's There's still some really critical features like battery, for example, that it's going it's gonna to take some time to reduce that in size. What are some of the use cases that people are using right now that are generating the most ROI? Like if I'm a, a procurement manager at a, at a manufacturing facility, what can I do to wow my executive team by buying a couple pair of these glasses and, and starting right away? What, what's the lowest hanging fruit that I can get immediate ROI? Because that, that seems to be how these things are being unlocked. You do a pilot or a small thing, you show an, an amazing ROI, and then it unlocks the budget to roll this out at scale. So what is that? I mean, there's so many applications, but kind of the way we like to talk about it is just like computers have the office suite of Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft PowerPoint, that nearly every organization uses those applications. Similarly, for these smart glasses, there's some overarching applications that we're seeing are being really commonly used across industries. So that is remote assistance. So someone can see what you see, and it's great for training new employees and providing remote help. Uh, manufacturing checklists, QR code scanning. So if you're in a warehouse or manufacturing center, getting step-by-step instructions overlaid for your specific task flow or being able to scan uh, QR codes with the glasses and get visual instructions. And then on the other most common application is uh, 3D twins and more mixed reality where you have a 3D digital rendering of a real world object. So for example, with mixed reality, with SLAM, you can scan your environment into a 3D model and you can tag information any information you want onto the real world uh, in this with the, using this virtual 3D model. So those are the three applications that we're seeing are being really commonly used. And I think what we envision and based on the feedback we're seeing is those will kind of be like the Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint of AR mixed reality where they're just really commonly used across a lot of industries. And if you look at most of the AR software companies at the moment, most of them fall into one of those three application categories. And I think the reason is there's such an immediate ROI and it just makes so much common sense where you're hands-free, you don't need to carry around a 50-page manual or uh, use your hands. 80% of the global workforce uh, uses their hands while they work. So they, they need an entirely hands-free digital interface while still being able to walk around and do their daily tasks. Uh, so I think those applications are we seeing are having some tremendous ROI. We're seeing close to a 40% savings in task time for some of these companies uh, and a lot of savings in training new workers, worker safety, uh, and you can really customize the task flow for your individual company needs. Um, so I would say those are the three most common applications. And there's really some really great AR software companies who are uh, developing that software. Now, my last question for you, Nick, because this has been really amazing uh, looking at Third Eye's technology, looking at your kind of overview of the marketplace, how people are using it. What is one problem in the world that you want to see solved using XR technologies? So one personal preference of mine, and that's the beauty of mixed reality, is definitely in the healthcare space, we're seeing some really tremendous real-world use cases. 
So there's roughly a 200 million worldwide vision impaired market where people who can't see properly or who have some type of vision impairment. And with XR, they're able to really change their lives. And with the addition of 5G and a cellular chip directly built into glasses, they can walk around their daily lives using these glasses. And it really helps change their lives on like a really personal level. So, I mean, these other use cases are great in terms of worker efficiency, improving KPIs, but from an actual impacting someone's personal life on a daily basis, some of these healthcare applications and specifically like these vision impaired community using these mixed reality glasses is really helping change our lives in a positive way. So I think so many times you hear of technology having a negative impact on the world, um, but I think with this XR technology and with this small streamlined glasses, we're seeing some really positive and heartwarming use cases. And I think that's great to see. And definitely the healthcare space is a personal favorite of mine for some of these AR mixed reality glass deployments. Well, thank you, Nick. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Where can people find out more information about Third Eye? Sure. So you can visit our website at thirdeyegen.com, follow us on social media. And if you ever want to reach out, just hit me up on LinkedIn or uh, social media and I'll definitely try to respond. Um, So we want to help expand this community and we go to a lot of the major trade shows. So you'll probably see me there and looking forward to continuing being in this space and seeing where it goes. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for your time. Being an influencer on LinkedIn in the XR field uh, really has opened up an opportunity for us to not only understand what corporations are looking for in virtual augmented mixed reality and artificial intelligence, but also from the aspect of the startups, studios, developers, and enthusiasts out there and what they need. So what we decided to do after getting hundreds and hundreds of messages is to open up XR Ignite to the entire XR community of startups, studios, individuals, passionate people, and really to build a new community that brings together everybody who's passionate about this technology for a low cost and allow them to contribute, to learn, and to get better across the whole industry. That is really the reason why we started XR Ignite, to hyper-accelerate the XR for business industry, business and education. And one of the things that we just keep noticing is that there's so many resources out there. There's the VRAR Association, which we're partners with. There are you know, reports coming out daily, but there's no one source where people can come together and start just having conversations around how to get better in this industry. And that's why we started XR Ignite. I would encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're in the corporate side, if you're a startup, if you're an individual, if you're an enthusiast, sign up today at xrignite.com and you'll be getting access to new reports, investor lists, media lists, exclusive content, interviews with our mentors. We have over 56 mentors. And if you're a startup and you pay an annual fee, you'll actually have the opportunity to book a one-on-one, one-hour call with one of the mentors. What we're doing with that is we're actually recording those sessions, we're transcribing them, taking out any personal information, and we're making those transcripts available to all members. So I think XR Ignite is gonna drive a lot of value for anybody in this industry who's looking to up their game and also for corporates who want a real insight as to what technology is coming out. So I would encourage everybody to sign up at xrignite.com and I really look forward to driving value, executing on our mission to hyper-accelerate XR for business and education.